All right, we are here, Bears Nation podcast on a Wednesday as usual with a different guest, myself, Kellen Lepka, alongside, you know him, Kellen Gerenstein. He has been here before. If you guys have not seen the breakdown videos, I don't even have to say it. They are the best in the game. Kellen is one of the best football minds in all of Bears media, and he was at training camp today, which means he's got a whole lot of insight on what the heck went on at camp and what are these rumors, because we hear a lot of them on Twitter. You know, what's going on with the offense? What's going on with the defense? One unit looks good one day, they look bad the next. Where's Tevin Jenkins? All these questions will be answered. Kellen there today at Hallis Hall experiencing all of Bears training camp. Got practice over with before the rain came in, but a full practice. You see it, uh, it started a little late, it looked, but a full day and hopefully a good day for the Bears. Kellen, how we're doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It was a good day of practice. It was not sunny. I did not need sunglasses. It did not rain. We had great cloud coverage, and I had some fun. I was locked in. I wasn't smiling. I was just kind of watching practice the whole time. But um, I was talking to Nicholas Moriano, CHGO, which I'm sure all Bears fans know who that is. And I was in. I was asking him like these these stands are kind of empty. Like what happened? Like I thought Bears fans were like, you know, pretty big, you know, on this. And and I think I saw Adam Hogue talk about it on one of those post training camp things. And there's just no pizzazz. Like it just feels weird up in Lake Forest. And I mean. It's super far north. Bourbon is super far south, right? So it's kind of pick your poison. But like for me coming from Flossmoor in the south suburbs, I'm driving like an hour and 15 minutes. I'm going to <laughs> Hawthorne Mall. Hawthorne Mall was dead. By the way, I went in after camp. I just was like, let me walk around this mall. I got time. There was yeah. nobody in there. And it's so big and they're expanding it too. It's like it was, it was dead. But that's enough about non-bear stuff. We can get into it whenever you want to. Um, it was fun. I did get to sit by all the the media guys, met Nicholas Moriano and Will DeWitt. They have a fan base. It was actually kind of cool. They had like three like legit 50-year-old men come up to them and take pictures with them. <laughs> they were like, they're like, oh, I listen to your show every day. And I was like, that's good for you guys, man. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy Bears fans get to appreciate the the people that put out that type of content too. Hopefully that'll be us one day. Hey, I, I guarantee you there are people at that training camp today that have seen one of our breakdowns. I mean, those have Probably, gotten yeah. a great amount of views. So uh, they know who you are. They're, they might be yeah. thinking, who is that the guy from YouTube? Is that the guy? <laughs> but yeah, hopefully in a couple of years, uh, you know, we'll have that same type of uh, experience. But yeah, man. So let's break it down. Let's just get right into it. Um, you know, you mentioned on Twitter, you kind of took over the Twitter day. You said nothing. It wasn't a crazy day. Nothing crazy happened. Uh, I think you said nothing particularly interesting um, was going on today. No one looked particularly exceptional and no one looked particularly terrible, which can be yeah. okay. 
uh, on mm-hmm. certain days, right? After the rumblings yeah. of the past few days where, oh, the offense looks bad and, you know, they can't score a touchdown inside the five. Like sometimes <laughs> things not falling apart is a good thing, right? Uh, especially when you're a young team with a new head coach and a new system and everyone's learning at the same time on the fly. Those things can be okay. Let's just get, you know, well, I'll give you about two or three minutes here. Just your overall reaction, the things you saw today. Uh, just just give us a brief overview of everything you experienced here on day six. Sure. So, um I, I don't know how exactly NFL training camps work. I don't know what their schedules are, but there's no way that NFL teams are just having that whatever two and a half, two hour practice session that the Bears had today. And I think that that's not like uncommon knowledge. Um, but there wasn't I didn't see like a, a whole lot. Like I felt like today they really wanted to work Justin Fields in the gun. I mm-hmm. didn't see a lot of that outside zone boot stuff. You know, they sprinkled it in a little bit. Um, but I didn't see, you know, there weren't a lot of deep shots in team there. What I just feel like Lou Getzey just didn't open it up today. So I'm sure there's a lot as far as going through walkthroughs and meetings and film they're in training camp. So they're literally football players, 24 hours a day, um, for the next couple of weeks until preseason's over. Right. So, you know, still, still getting used to it. We're it, Lou, Lou Getzey's just going to put some stuff on film, um, in the preseason. It's not really like, that's the stuff that you're going to see all the time. Um, during the regular season. So we don't really know what the Bears offense, in my opinion, will look like until that clock is zero, zero, zero at the end of the 49ers game week one. Then we might get an idea of that. Um, as far as the offensive line goes, I think I think that's a bit more important in this season than the receivers are. Um, absolutely. There was definitely some great catches over the middle. I actually talk about that because um, there's an Akil Harry catch I want to talk about. Um, that he made probably about like a 15. It was a deep dig. Um, O-line, I think it's important for them to really put that put that best unit out. If they want to rotate receivers, they got a lot, right? I mean, they've got yeah. um David, you know, David Moore outside of of Darnell Mooney and Byron Pringle, who we know we're gonna play. You've got guys like Simba Webster who was taking first string reps today. Obviously, really? yes, and Simba Webster was out there for a couple first team reps. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, like I said, David Moore. EQ St. Brown, Dante Pettis, Nikhil Harry. There's there's going to be a lot of guys. Um, they're probably just going to bet that one can be a future starter. Not one. Hopefully, Velas Jones and then a plus one. Right. Um, whether that's Pettis, Harry, Moore, um, you know, someone else. doesn't really matter. They're just trying to bank on that. Uh, I think Braxton Jones is going to be the starting left tackle of the Bears one day. He... He didn't have great college tape, in my opinion. A lot of guys that I know um, who I respect, Webster does. Have, that guy, can he has twitch. Webster, absolutely, he's got some twitch. That dude will break you down very, very easily. Uh, Braxton Jones, is he's, he's kind of got this – there's this pandemic, I think, going on in all of football right now that offensive line just – they're just not as good as defensive linemen. And I think you see this, especially in those like second professional or like not developmental leagues, XFL, USFL, Alliance of, of American football, whatever, that type of stuff. You really see the offensive yeah. line get dominated. I think you see that when young rookies step on the field and especially in their college tape. Now, a guy like Braxton Jones is coming from Southern Utah. So he's Dan, the coaching he's getting now. It's probably 10 steps ahead, not to diss the offensive line coach of Southern Utah. I don't know who he is, but I'm just saying that now he's getting NFL coaching. It's just different. It just means a little bit more. Um, so he's he, he's going to be a starter one day, I think. And it's got to be at left tackle, uh, I think, in my opinion. I think it's got to be at left. 
I don't know if it'll be this season. They're probably still going to try and figure out what to do with Jones, Borum, Reef. I think Tevin Jenkins is gone. Uh, I don't think he plays a snap for the Bears. Uh, I think not not just from a rumor. Uh, there, there. I did see a tweet today. I don't remember who it was from, but it, it was like Tevin Jenkins is being shopped like he's gone. Uh, I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just, it just doesn't make sense. He would, I think he would be out there. I think he would be out there if he was going to be a bear because Correct. I tweeted this out. Roquan was out there. Roquan was breaking the huddle. Roquan was walking around. Roquan was participating in drills. He was being an extra body where he needed to be. Roquan was out there. He wants to get paid. He wants to be a bear. Uh, you know, and you just don't get that vibe. If Tevin Jenkins wanted to do that, I think he would. And that's fine. You know, they've sometimes things just don't work out. Um, Doug Kramer took first team snaps today at center. He split them with Sam Mustafer. He's a little guy. He's a bowling ball. Um, but I think Doug Kramer be, is. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's short. I think he's like six foot six one. So right. he's, he's going to be a smaller dude. Um, receivers, Donald Mooney's a dude. And not that we didn't know that. Kevin is is going to be the first one to always tell you that he should be a fantasy pickup for you. Um, yeah, with, with he's a twelve hundred yard receiver, man. He's a twelve hundred yard receiver. I think he could be even more than that, dog. Like I, I tweeted this. I think we're talking like Tyler Lockett type production. The thing with Tyler Lockett is he always had a partner, whether that was Doug Baldwin, and then when Baldwin kind of fizzled out, it became DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett's skill set is a little similar to Darnell Mooney, in my opinion. I think Darnell does a little bit better after the catch, but they're both guys that can really stretch the field. They're both guys that catch the ball pretty well, use their hands well, high-effort football players. And, you know, that Tyler Lockett also had Russell Wilson, who's been a top-five quarterback of the last decade, you know, so yep. Justin has to kind of come into that mold in order to bring that out of Darnell Mooney. But there's a lot of hesitancy with Darnell Mooney stepping into a wide receiver one role and I think all that's going to go away very soon. Very, very soon it's going to go away. I'm not saying he's going to consistently beat guys in the same way that Devontae Adams and, you know, prime DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not going to say that he's going to do that, but he's probably going to be that Terry McLaurin level player. Not that he hasn't already been. I mean, right? We, we've compared the stats because of the Madden ratings. We've already had that conversation. I'm excited for Darnell Mooney. David Montgomery, I'm so sad that he's probably not going to be a bear next year. That dude's a really good football player. We'll be fine with Khalil Herbert, but I am going to be sad to see him to oh, yeah. probably go. Um, I'll talk about receivers later because I think we can have another discussion about it. But as far as defense goes, Justin Jones is a very, very fluid defensive lineman. I really like the way he moves and drills just in general. The defensive line kind of beat the offensive line. It, there's just There just wasn't a lot of vertical push in my I've heard a lot of that yeah yeah the, the the I think that happens a lot in just training camps in general for whatever reason O-line I think they want to stay off the ground they don't want to go too hard because they don't want to put their teammate in jeopardy unless you're Trevor Penning apparently coming from the Saints dude got kicked out of practice for starting fights three days in a row but oh my god I, yeah man that was weird I think the offensive line holds back a little bit. Uh, you know, I think um, I think that once you get into the game situation, they'll be a little bit nastier. The linebackers look solid. They were flying around. I text you today. I said, I think that the front six is going to be real because I think they're going to go base nickel. I think that front six is going to be very, very solid. I think the Bears defense in general is going to be very good. They're going to fly around the ball instead of tagging up. So, you know, what most teams will do, 
in these team drills because they're not going to the ground because they don't want guys to get hurt. So they usually just tag the hip, right? And you just, you know, you let a guy pass you. They're not doing that. Those guys are punching for the ball. So Alan Williams, Matt Eberflus, those guys are telling them every single time that you make contact, if you're not taking that guy to the ground, you're working on taking the ball away, which is really good to see. Now, I hope that doesn't become uh, missing tackles for stripping, you know, uh, for trying to strip the football. I don't think it will. But, uh, you know, something that they have to watch out for and we as fans have to be critical of if we see that. Um, Tavon Young actually had some really good one-on-one. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Yeah. He's that dude. That dude's good. He's a good football player. They're, they've got a lot to figure out with that back end because Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon are all going to play. Um, and then you've so then you've got to figure out Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, Thomas Graham, and um, Tavon Young, right? So that's four guys, and there might not be a roster spot in there for every single one of them. Uh, which is going to be unfortunate. So then you might find a trade partner. You know, the Bears might just try and ship off Duke Shelley for a sixth, maybe. Who Duke Shelley wasn't active today. He was he was uh, just wearing a bucket hat, just kind of walking around. So um, not that 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 wouldn't be a bad trade in my opinion. I like Duke Shelley. I think Duke Shelley is a solid. You know, he, he's probably a middle of the road Nickelback, but the Bears have upgraded. That's what you do. You just you can like a guy and get a better football player. So I think that's what they've done. Um, yeah, it wasn't really a lot standing. I actually, I, I, Kendall Vildor, I, I told you had, I thought he had a solid day. I always yeah. think that I thought Kendall Vildor and Kyler Gordon would be in the flip flop roles that they are now. I thought Vildor would be in nickel and you'd have Gordon playing outside. And Matt Eberflus loves, he loves to put his guys up and up in the opponent's face. So there's a lot of, pre- of, of press going on. They're not putting their hands on guys yet. The Bears' corners just don't have the length to do that outside of Jalen Johnson, in my opinion. Even a guy like Kyler Gordon, who has really good makeup speed, is just if he reaches and misses, it's just blouses. Um, same thing with a guy like Vilder. They right. just don't have the length to be true press corners. So they're going to be a lot a lot in soft press. They're going to be dropping into a lot of quarters. Um, I think the Bears are going to be fine on defense. It's just I think – more often than not, it's going to be a question of the offensive line. And it, it's it's unfortunately, it's the same thing Mitch Trubisky went through his rookie year, except the Bears had a really good running attack with his, in his rookie year. I think Jordan Howard was second in the league in rushing that year behind only – that was 2016. But Jordan Howard, I still think, was top five in 2017 in rushing. They had that solid rushing attack with um, white hair. Lawson, yeah. Um, Leno, Massey. So that's one thing Mitch had. Mitch's leading receiver was Kendall Wright, I think, who's nowhere near the player Darnell Mooney is. I think that the Bears receiving core is better than 2017. Their offensive line is worse. Um, but you just got to hope that the, the only thing that matters this year is do we see Justin Fields take a step? And I think – I think that there's a lot that you can look at as far as him going through progressions. Like I said, there weren't a lot of downfield, long developing shot plays or just deep throws, even especially outside the hashes, which I think where Justin Fields really excels is right like that three-step hitch, throw the ball outside on a 15-yard square out, right? Like get that ball out. I think that's really where he becomes a very good quarterback. Didn't see a lot of that today, which is why I think that there's just so much more that we're going to see at a later time that we're not seeing now. Right. 
because Lou guess he's not an idiot. He knows what Justin Fields' strengths are. So you know, we got to hope not, right? Let's hope not. Um, but you know, there's there's going to be a time when they've the ball is going to be set, and those guys have just got to play. You know, all the speculation that we have is is going to go out the window, and those guys got to play eleven on eleven football, and they've got to beat the guy across from them. Um, and I don't know how often that'll happen this year. I, I'm kind of kind of skeptical. I, I think they could get six wins. I think six wins is is a is a goal that Matt Eberflus should probably have, and Ryan Poles in their mind should have if they want to be successful. Um, a lot of guys are, you know, media is all like two, three, four wins. If they get any more than six, in my opinion, I think that's a successful season, especially with yeah. all the stuff that's going on with them right now. New regime, new scheme, new coaches, new players. You're building around a whole new franchise football player in Justin Fields. They're all in on him. And uh, next year is the year, man. We could talk about next year. I love to talk about next year. We don't have to, but I love to talk about it just because it I gets know. excited. And it should, but like that's the importance of this year uh, in this training camp because you have to go in to 2022's offseason, or I guess that would be 2023. So you have to go to the offseason 2023 with zero questions and zero doubts about the quarterback position and about the capabilities of the offense and the play calling. All of that has to be solved if you want to be that Super Bowl contending team and have that window begin in 2023. You can't go into next, you know, training camp thinking, oh, you know, we didn't see enough from Justin Fields. Like, uh, we got to see a little bit more. You know, now now this is the year where he's supposed to take the big step. Like, no, th- those questions have to be answered this year. And I think they will be. I think we both think they will be. And if you just establish that Justin Fields takes that step, and is good enough, then you are set to begin that window in 2023. But that's the importance of this year. Like, no more screwing around. Like, you know, we did this with Mitch Trubisky. You waited four years, and it was like, okay, maybe the fifth, maybe the fourth year now is going to be, you know, his breakout year. And oh, every every year after that is going to be the breakout year, right? We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. There's so many factors, so many variables. Like, the more you can eliminate the variables, like boom, quarterback position set for 10 years, boom, head coach play calling. You hope to be set for a couple of years until Luke Getzey's good enough that he finds a head coaching job somewhere else, right? <laughs> Receiving court, boom, you have a base. Darnell Mooney's going to be a wide receiver one for the Chicago Bears for at least five more years. Boom. You know, these rookies, Valus Jones Jr., Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, like you can't take step, like you can't take steps back. And there's going to be people who are going to say, well, how, like it's impossible to take steps back after last year. And like to a certain point, that's true, but the Bears won six games last year. Mm-hmm. And in my eyes, if you don't win more than six games, you took a step back. Mm-hmm. Like you are a more talented team this year, in my opinion, than you were last year with a better play caller and a better head coach and undoubtedly going to be a better defense given the nature of Matt Eberflus. You yep. should be a better team than what you were last year. And I believe that is what we're going to see, but it's very, very crucial mm-hmm. That that's what we see. That way, when we approach 2023 and we're doing this show like this, 365 days from now, it's like, oh my God, Justin Fields, like now he's taking that superstardom leap. Like mm-hmm. Justin Fields went from good to great this year. Next year, he goes from great to elite, right? That's, that is what you need to see. And look, everyone's going to make what they want out of camp and, you know, the certain throws and, oh my God, he missed Nikhil Harry on a wide open corner route. He got to be the worst quarterback of all time. Like, there are certain things in camp that are important. Like, don't get me wrong. Like when, when you witness things, like sometimes what you see at camp doesn't lie, but sometimes it does. And obviously what's revealed in camp is not everything that's going to be seen on an NFL Sunday. And Luke Getze and Matt Bivus has said that consistently, but also like 
it is camp. So, you know, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But let's talk receivers because you mentioned Darnell Mooney, and this is a receiver. Uh, obviously, in training camp, this is the uh, the position group outside the quarterback that gets the most attention, right? Because it's camp and people want to watch receivers make plays. And specifically with this unit, there's a lot of doubts about it. And people yeah. want to know outside of Darnell Mooney who's the playmakers. And what I've been hearing, Kellen, I want to hear your thoughts on this, is that there have been a couple of players who have been playing really, really well. One of them being Equinemius St. Brown. So I yeah. want to know what you saw from him today. And there are some people who have liked what they've seen from Nikhil Harry, but you have your doubts on him. Let's start with Equinemius St. Brown and what you saw from him today, and then we'll go into your, your thoughts about Nikhil Harry. Yeah, there, there's definitely, you can see that EQ has had um, experience playing in Luke Getze's offense, playing in that system that, you know, that LaFleur and McVeigh, Shanahan, all these guys come from. You can tell that he's had the experience, and it. it just feels like the timing is a little bit better whenever the ball goes to him. Because even with a guy like that's been here, like Cole Komet, even though the offense is new to Cole Komet, you want to believe that Justin Fields and Cole Komet have that connection. And they made some good plays today. Um, There's some tight window throws, but you want to expect that they happen a little bit quicker so they don't have to be that tight window throw. The one I'm talking about is the one that the Bears posted on Twitter. Saw that. It was like in between Brisker and I think Nicholas Morrow's between you know, two people, great throw, great catch, but you want to see it become a little bit easier. And it doesn't have to happen now because this is what training camp day six, you know, whatever six. we're in. Literally so, day six. Yeah, like, it doesn't have, it's not going to happen now. That's just not what it is. But um, he's going to play over a guy like Dante Pettis. I still think Nikhil Harry's got a shot. Uh, I don't dislike Nikhil Harry. I'll talk about him in a couple minutes, but following up on EQ, um, you know, the Bears, like I said, we think Pringle's going to be the two, and I think he will be the two. Uh, yeah, but if EQ really comes into his own and he kind of, you know, steps in that mold, maybe he does become that 500, 600 yard receiver. Wow. Because if Daniel Mooney can load up on like 1,300, I really don't care who the next best guy is as long yeah, as they matter. all contribute. You know, Valus and say it's a combination of th- of three guys of. Velas, Cole Komet, EQ, Dante Pettis, David Moore, and Nikhil Harry. It doesn't matter who it is, but if those guys each have 400 to 500 yards, I think that that is probably pretty successful. It's just not going to be more because it's just they're just they just don't have the juice to do that. They're just not going to see this year is probably not going to be the year that Justin Fields breaks the Bears' curse of being a 4,000 yard passer. Correct. If he does, Kevin, if Justin Fields does that, I will climb um I will climb Moral Tower, scream at the top of it, and <laughs> I will take my shirt off and wave it around and paint my body if he does that. Because if he does I, you said man, it live, we're holding you to it. Man. The, uh, and like it's a, an MVP like, season if he does that. <laughs> yes, yes. Like that's legit. Like, like that actually is most valuable. I don't think that'll happen, but Lord, if it does, pray for the people on Ohio State's campus when that um, mark hits 4,000. Anyway, (laughs) so there's a ball today that Justin throws over the middle to Nikhil Harry. Yeah. 15-yard, 15-yard dig. I can't remember who was in coverage, but there's there's like a low-hole player that's kind of uh, sandwiching Nikhil Harry with the guy who's covering him in man coverage, and Justin throws a pretty good ball. And Nikhil makes a good effort to make the catch. But as the ball's coming in, this ball's coming from this way, right? So I'm a receiver. I want to put put my hands out in front of my face and catch that ball, right? right? Really tagging. That ball is well-placed. Makes the catch. I'm yelling, attack the ball. 
attack the ball. And all the other people mm-hmm. are cheering. And that's fine. He made a good catch, right? That's good. But something that you want to see from Nikhil Harry, one of the struggles he's always had in college for the New England Patriots is separating. If you're going, if you're not going to be a very good separator, you have to be able to catch the ball away from your body, especially when you're a big body like Nikhil Harry. Somebody who tweeted at me today brought it up about Alshon. Alshon was a little bit better of a separator than Nikhil yeah, Harry. I was just going to say that. You know, that that was a, a every catch Alshon had that dude. If it was a vertical, if, if he was catching that ball 50 50 in the air, he was catching it 35 inches off the ground. You know, his feet were and then his arms were all the way extended. If that ball, if that ball was over the middle, Alshon was catching that ball away from his body, uh, especially when he was like those really couple of good years when he was paired with, you know, B. Marsh and Martellus Bennett. Right. That was when we saw him at his best. That's kind of what I need to see from Nikhil Harry in order for me to believe in him. Okay. Because he's not a bad football player. He's a he he can block. He can he can catch the ball. It's just these things that I want to see from him because when it's not camp and those guys are and the guys across from you are not wearing the same color helmet you are, those guys are going to be batting the ball away. Those guys don't care. They don't give a damn if you get injured because we're trying to stay off the ground in camp. We're trying to make sure guy, you know, as long as that effort you got that hand on the hip right, if you're the defender, you're trying to make sure that the other guy doesn't get hurt. That's probably really what they're preaching now especially since they're playing on grass, you know, a couple of bad things can happen, you know, with that. But I, I think that those are the things that we're going to have to see from him um, is, is really attacking that ball at all catch points. Cause he's not, he's not going to be the guy like even Velas Jones uh, who's, who's going to have like two, three steps on a deep ball every once in a while. Cause he's just that damn fast. Yeah. We're not going to see that from Nikhil Harry. So what are you going to do to make a difference at the catch point? And if you're not going to be aggressive, you're not going to be a good receiver. I, that's some of the stuff that we saw with New England with him. If you're not going to separate, you can't. You're you're just not going to make those catches. If you got a step, that's enough. Especially with a guy like who we think in Justin Fields, who really does have pinpoint accuracy, can change his arm slot and put the ball where it needs to be. If we can do that, then we need you to make that catch. And he did. He did today. You know, I think people are going to be like, "You're being too hard on him." He still made the catch, and it was a good catch. I just want to see a little bit more from him. I think that's something in film. This is one play I've been talking about it in like for like five minutes now, so it's really not too much. But that's something in film I think the receiver's coach is going to look at it be like, dog, like extend your hands, catch that ball away from your body and make it easier on yourself and the quarterback. You know, because even when you're getting that ball into your body, that ball is wiggling. You got to squeeze your bicep to your to your right. peg and all stuff like that. So just trying to be critical of these guys. I, I don't want to be one of those those guys that just loves everything the Bears do. I don't think anyone yeah. is, you know, but we just we just got to you know hopefully challenge these guys so we traded a seventh round pick for them and seventh round picks are not are usually guys that don't make the roster but um it's a pick nonetheless so you want to you want to hope that that guy at least can can be a, a a solid rotational player for your football team well it's important because today like he makes that catch today right and maybe he gets a little bit lucky in that sense but i know a few days ago i think it was one of the opening days of camp adam hogue tweeted you know, Nikhil Harry wide open, Justin Fields with a perfect ball, he drops it, right? So it's mm-hmm. like he made the catch today, but if he's not catching the ball, like you say, he's not attacking the football, catching it with his hands, not his body, then you're not going to see what you saw today every single day, especially against a defensive opponent who's looking to knock the ball away. So those things are really important. So that's why it's like, you know, okay, good rep, but, you know, maybe he doesn't make that rep tomorrow. Like you, like every rep has to be perfect in that sense. And I, I really like the, the Alshon Jeffrey comp. Like I think Alshon Jeffrey 
you know, maybe a little bit better of an athlete. I don't know if I could say that. Like Alshon Jeffrey was just like a freakish human. Like he, I think he was probably bigger than Nikhil Harry. Um, so for his size to have the, you know, an equal, if not bigger vert and maybe a little bit faster than Nikhil Harry. I don't know. I, I mean, they're both similar players. Like that is what you want. And like he understands, I think Nikhil Harry understands like, look, I know the personnel of this team. Every other player aside from me on the wide receiver unit is the same. They're all fast as hell. And I'm here as, you know, the sole, you know, X receiver who's going to be asked to go up and make a play in the end yep. zone. Because right now, you know, we don't have that guy outside of Cole Komet, who we don't believe is the most elite red zone tight end. That is his forte. So in yeah. practice, you know, I don't care if you see a play of, uh, of Nikhil Harry catching the ball and running it in open space, like, there's going to be guys on the back end there in a real game. Like I know it's practice and he catches the ball and yeah. he runs it through open space. Cause no, they're just doing individual drills and it's like, wow, he looks really fast. Like, no, yeah. like he's asked to, he's going to be asked to catch balls in the red zone and score touchdowns for you. And for a team that didn't score touchdowns at a high rate in the past few years, it's important. So, um, you know, I've heard, I've heard a lot of good things about Bayless Jones Jr. And if you guys haven't watched our breakdown on him, you sh- you know you should. And if you did watch it, you shouldn't be surprised by the things we're seeing so far. Now, look, we were a little bit critical of Bayless, and I think we were both in agreement that we thought it would take him a little bit of time to kind of mm-hmm. you know understand you know his releases because we thought a lot of his tape in college was just him breaking away from defenders who were you know weren't as fast from him. It wasn't anything insanely creative at the line. Right. Um, you know, he right. had to, he exactly. had developed in a lot of areas. So today, I don't know if you had a good eye on Velas Jones Jr. or basically from what you've been seeing at camp, but there's a lot of speculation that you know he looks really good and he's beating Kylie Gordon in one-on-ones and he's separating really well. We know that separation is there. Um, your thoughts on Velas Jones Jr. potentially rising up the depth charts as a player. Yeah. I think they're just I think they're gonna find fun ways to use him. Same thing with Darnell Mooney. I think they're I think uh even with Matt Nagy for for as as much as we hate Matt Nagy, um he, there was some funny thing there was some fun things he did with Darnell Mooney. Um, you know, not all of them I agree with, like the touchdown run he had against Pittsburgh when they went uh when they went wildcat. It's just like you have Justin Fields, what the hell are you going wildcat for, right? Right. But as as far as Valus Jones goes, um, there's, there's still some, th- I think he looks like a third round pick, which is good, which is good, right? As long as he doesn't look like anything worse than that, that's, that's, that's a very good start. And then I think as camp, you know, get, keep, we keep going, you know, he really understands the offense. He's working with the receivers coach. He's hitting, you know, the jugs machine, the film room, whatever. You're going to see that, that those, those steps start to, that he takes become bigger and bigger steps. They're still seeing him um, struggle, in my opinion, to to break guys down um, okay. at the top of his route uh, when it, when those routes aren't super deep. Because you know, if if he is running that twenty back to seventeen yard comeback or you know fifteen to twelve, whatever they're doing, you know these long stop routes, he's going to break those guys off just because as long as he's like not stacking them because he's he's just going to be faster than everyone all the time. He's going to start. He's going to get. He's going to get a lot of touches, I think, I in, agree. in different ways. I'm excited. Um, I tweeted this out today. I still, I still think the Bears should have drafted George Pickens with the Jaquan Brisker pick. Not that I like dislike Jaquan Brisker. Jaquan Brisker looks great in camp. Yeah, I think I'm he's excited a about really him. good football player. Just the stuff I've been hearing from George Pickens always had in camp. Always had a soft spot for him after scouting uh, last summer. Um, but I think Velas will be fine. I just hope we don't have that regret 
uh, of George Pickens going for this thousand yard rookie season with Mitch Trubisky. You know, that would be how, how funny would that be? You'd nope. be like, wow, full circle. The worst thing in the world would be if Mitch Trubisky, Anthony Miller, and George Pickens all, you know, have like really three good headed monster. That would be really weird, right? Um, and and that, but but maybe that'd be good though, because then it'd free up Deontay Johnson for like a you know being a free agent next year. So then the Bears get Darnell Mooney, Deontay Johnson, then it's you know maybe a top ten pick where they can pick yeah. JSN or something like that. Like I would love that. Now that's whole speculation, like year into the future, whatever. Um, but Velas, he's gonna find his way. He'll be fine. I think it'll be up to him and his development. You know how quickly he can do it because he is an older guy. Um, it doesn't really bother me too much. It's just how is he doing at the back end of this this rookie contract is really all that matters. Right. But if he's just a guy that's going to come in now that Ryan Poles is like, I want you to come in now and help my football team, help my quarterback develop, that's fine. Because if in four years the Bears think that they can move on from him, okay, fine. Move on, draft another receiver. So that's just kind of the mindset I think they have with him. I think he's going to be fine. I don't think he's going to be a world beater. Um, Darnell Mooney's still better for anyone. Well, yeah, I don't think anyone does yeah, that. I, I hope not. I hope not. You know, Darnell Mooney was such a good pick. That was like, that was uh, that's a hell of a find from whoever that southeastern scout was who sat in the meeting and pounded the table for Darnell Mooney. Shout out to that guy. I don't know where he is now, but somebody buy that guy a beer. Darnell Mooney is freaking unbelievable. <laughs> and it's like. Again, people don't. It's funny to me. It's so funny to me because we put out that TikTok, right? I don't know if you, I think you saw it, right? It's about the matter, right? TikTok. Yeah. And our comments are flooded with people, mm-hmm. uh, obviously shitting on Jake for the Kendrick Bourne thing. And he addressed that in our last podcast. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, but most of the comments are overwhelmingly in support of Kendrick Bourne, that yeah. he's the better player. And there's people, you know, Sterling Shepard's the better player. And I'm like, guys, like, I don't think you understand. Like, don't even, like, sure. You can think about, oh, you know, his situation in New England, I and Mac Jones. Like, uh, dude, just in this case, bro, like, just look at the stats, man. I'm sorry. Just look at the stats. Darn yeah. Mooney got to a 1,000-yard season his second year. Kendrick Bourne has never cleared more than 670 yards. Like, you guys need to understand how good Darn Mooney is. And it's yeah. funny you bring up Deontay Johnson. Like, when I watch Deontay Johnson play, I see Darn Mooney in him. Like, are they yeah, not the same good. player? Yeah, like, I, I don't know if it's the way they run, but they're both actually, you know, pretty like they can go out there and make those acrobatic catches. They're both not great contested catch players. Or I think they both have the potential to be very, very good inside the goal line. I think that's an aspect of Darnell Mooney's game that's really going to take off. And what we've seen, like a lot of the tweets I see from Hogue uh, and from the other guys about, you know, the Bears are scoring inside the five. It's like, oh, inside the five touchdown fields to Mooney, which mm-hmm. I think is really interesting. And mm-hmm. you talk about how Luke Getze utilized Devontae Adams inside the five. You see a lot of the same things for Don Mooney. But Vegas Jones Jr., like, I- I'm excited that things have looked good for him so far and people are, are, are thrilled about him. But there's, you know, again, I, I would still be cautious because the one play that I don't know if you saw it. The, well, he's going up against Kyle Gordon. It was just a one-on-one, right? And he is like locked up with Kyle Gordon the whole time. And then last second he separates mm-hmm. and then he makes like a real acrobatic catch, right? Did you see that play? It I did see that. Yeah. People yeah. were excited about that. And I was like, okay, like a reception is a reception. That's great, right? But again, what we talked about, and this is our whole thing with the breakdown, is like J- Justin Fields may not get that time a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Like that separation needs to happen 
quickly. Like, and it almost looked like Kyler Gordon might have even stumbled there. Like, he was right yeah. on his hip. And Kyler Gordon, we know, is a great closer, but everyone's like, oh my God, Vila Jones, you're like, what a play. Like, look at the separation. Like, yes, I agree. Like, great separation. I need to happen quicker. You know, I need that separation to be out of your break. Boom. Like, I need the separation to happen instantly after you make your move. And now you're, you're, you know, running at the same pace the other guy is you're both full speed running ahead like that's when that separation needs to hit and i think he has that ability and it's just one clip but i think people again need to look deeper because speed pops in training camp and like for fans who show up who like aren't like looking deep into it like we are sometimes it's just like oh my god this guy is fast he has to be the next tyree kill right and it's mm-hmm. like well there's a little bit more to it so i think we have to see a little bit more from Vailus Jones jr uh, you know, I'm excited again. I'm not like a downplaying what he has accomplished so far in camp, but what I would be looking for, I think we're going to try to get out to camp one more time. Maybe in August couldn't make it today because it was feeling a little under the weather, but um, got some connects. We can get us some ticks uh, a little bit later. I think what we should be looking for is, all right, let's see those releases. Let's see, you yes. know, let's see if he's developed his game more than just what he was in college, which was a great separator and, you know, a speed guy who was drafted pretty much off of that. So, yeah. you know, we got to have trust in these coaches, but I think you have to, you want to see a little bit more of that uh, develop in his game as camp uh, continues. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think like it, it's, I don't know as far as what receiver coaches are telling him, just especially because in the NFL, they're so technical and corners are so good, even though it's hard to play corner, that it's hard to separate. If Velos Jones is going to be a, I read this tweet once from Ryan Roberts, who's a pretty good, pretty damn good scout on Twitter. Um, separation is separation, whether that happens when the ball is in the air or just from you being a damn good route runner. <clears throat> the a great example of a guy who separated with the ball in the air in college is Jamar Chase in 2019. When you watch Jamar Chase in 2019, especially on those deep balls, like against Roger McCreary is a, is a great example in all, against Auburn in 2019. There's a deep ball where McCreary is step for step, 15 yards down the field. But Joe Burrow puts that ball in the air, and Jamar Chase is he's leaving. Right, I stick my I stick my chicken wing out. I get some separation, and I'm fat, and I'm just going to beat you. I'm just going to beat you. If the Velas is going to be that guy, that's fine. I would love that. So that's that's where I think that that growth has to happen at. I think that Kyler Kyler Gordon's got hands on Velas Jones, you know, 15 yards down the field. We're still step for step. I just need I just need like a half a step. I just need you to be outside of him a little bit quicker because the thing is, right. is right. Kyler Gordon's still on top. And that that speaks also to how good Kyler Gordon is for a guy that can shuffle his feet and stay square to the line of scrimmage for that long and then turn his hips and still be able to run with a guy as fast as Velas Jones. That should get Bears fans excited. That that's that's what was so good about him coming out of college is this freaky freaking athleticism in a phone booth from him. Scary, I love yeah. it. So um that's gonna and and if he's gonna be that guy that is gonna separate with that with the ball in the air, you know, whether that is on the, on this timing route that he's breaking guys off, you know, like say, like I just said, like that 15 yard comeback or 20 to 15 yard comeback, whatever, you know, Lou gets, he is coaching them. These, these plays that are happening downfield on the outside. He, if he's going to separate the ball in the air, that's going to come with time because Justin Fields is not looking for open guys right now, but it doesn't happen day one where you're working with a, a receiver and, and, you know, you just have to take this from me being a quarterback. It just doesn't happen that if a guy's not open, you're just going to be like, I'm going to put this ball there and that guy's going to be there and we're going to complete it. That doesn't happen on day one. It doesn't happen in training camp day six. It doesn't happen in preseason game one. Probably won't happen 
it might not happen, you know, till halfway through the season. That would be nice if it did. It might not happen this entire year. We might we might see Vela Strong struggle, but that right. is something that is going to have to happen in the future where they're going to have to work on that if he's going to be that guy that's going to separate with the ball in the air, right? Some guys like Devontae Adams just get the hell open. They just get open no matter what. And that's a Crazy. that's a not a great example because he's you know he's the best receiver in the game. Take a guy like um take a guy like AJ Brown, you know, a guy who and Devontae Smith, both of them are like this. Devontae and AJ are guys who are um which I think is great for Jalen Hurts. And that's a great job by Howie Roseman of getting those two guys for a guy like Jalen Hurts, who is late with throwing, you know, a lot of these routes, a lot of the times. So you get guys that you can see open for your quarterback. That's, that's fantastic. So I think, you know, depending on, you know, how Justin looks, I think he is going to be quicker uh, with this processing because that does come with a quarterback being able to trust the offense and trust the timing, trust his coaching. That is true. So, you know, that that will come with time. We might not see that stuff happen this year, but it might happen in the future. If it does happen this year, that's amazing. Um, but I do think as of right now that we'll see Velas Jones be that guy who is not going to be this ultimate route runner. He's not going to be the guy that's going to create a lot of separation at the break. But hopefully he still remains that guy that is quick out of his cuts. He remains the guy that, you know, after that fourth step that he's faster than you, he's just going to leave you. That is what we want to see from him. And then it just becomes a timing thing, especially in this offense, right? Justin, you know, let's take like a concept where, you know, Velas Jones has this this comeback or 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 even just like a cop route where we're going post corner and right. Justin Fields is rolling his way. And now I see Velas Jones break down. I know I'm getting that ball out on this third step toward the post, but he's going to the corner. So that is the stuff that we're probably going to see as far as timing goes, not just specifically running that route, but just in my opinion, seeing a guy like that, I don't think he's going to be a guy that Justin Fields will see open. That's going to be like, good. This is what Luke Getze and Andrew Janako. Yeah. You know, whatever we'll take it. Right. But Andrew Janako and Luke Getze are telling me in film that, that guy is Sunday open. JTO Sullivan runs a QB school. I love that term. Sunday Sunday open. open. You know, that that, that 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 could mean like this is a tight window, but I'm an NFL quarterback, so I have to rip that sucker and make that throw because I get right. paid millions of dollars to do it. Or it can mean that this guy is stuck, but there is no uh, defense for a perfect throw. You know, that's Sunday open so that that, you know, that happens a lot on like those goal line fades and stuff like that. You know, that that's where you that's where you really use that term at or like you're splitting the seam against two safeties, you know, like uh, like Justin Fields throwing a Cole Komet against uh, against the Steelers last year. That's a that's a throw where you're looking at him like that's Sunday open. So that was a lot about Velas Jones, but I'm I'm excited. You know, the more I just talked about it for the last 10 minutes, I, I think I get excited about it. Um because I think Justin Fields is a guy that values being, you know, spending time with his receivers, especially after last year, because legitimately the receiver room at Ohio State was better than what the Bears have now. And that speaks more to Ohio State than than the Bears. I mean, you know, Ohio State just it's ridiculous. They, yeah. Ridiculous, right? We they just had they just had three guys go 10, 11, and 12 in the draft. And none of them were the best receiver in the room when they were at Ohio State because there's a guy wearing number 11 who's there right now who was. You know, that's 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 crazy when you think about it, right? So I think 
after last year, Justin is, is having that realization. Like I don't have a Rob who's a veteran. I just have my guy, Darnell Mooney. I'm not, you know, I'm not throwing these 15 yard option routes to Chris Olave. Who's going to win. Who's going to win no matter what. Uh, I don't have Garrett Wilson who is the best route runner in the country who I'm going to see yeah. open when that happens. So I think that was, a, I think as rough as, year one was for Justin and it wasn't always rough. We saw a lot of really good things. That's why we're so excited about him. So I think that learning curve was really good for him. And in training camp, it's happening now too. You know, he's that throw to Cole Komet, that's Sunday open. You know, you're going to rip that. You're probably not always going to make that throw. And eventually you're not going to get away with it. You know, it might become an interception, oh, yeah. but you know, we're, we're ripping that. That shows he's confident. I'd love to see that. I'd love that's to see fine. confidence from him. So there's there's some good things going on. I I, I was I was uh, critical, I think, of a little bit of being over optimistic about practice today. But there there were some good things now that I'm kind of going back through it in my head. Really yeah. good. Let's talk a little defense, and then we'll talk a little bit more Justin Fields, uh, and then we can close out uh, today's show. Oh, this little training camp episode again. You listen to Bears Nation podcast. Before they do that, let's do a little uh, ad read here. BetUS, listen up, sports better. It's your favorite sports book. BetUS.com is back for their 28th year of NFL action with the industry's biggest sign up bonus of up to 200%. BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite sports, including NFL, UFC, and MLB. If you are looking for live in game betting, incredible odds with daily odds boosters, props, and parlays, they have got them. How about fast payouts and exceptional one-on-one customer service? They have that too. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS.com, where the game begins. So, Kellen, we've heard a lot about the defense, right? And how the defense has been winning the reps. And the defense has you know looked far more impressive than the offense. And you know that's something that is not surprising to me. But... You always have to approach these things in training camp as well. Like, okay, how much of it is the defense being really good? How much of it is the offense just being that bad? Right? Like you always have to play that game. You just never know. Like this defense could be really good. Like they, I think they could be really good. And I want to touch on that because you have two rookies who are starting in the secondary. What's up, Foster Covers? Um they do not look like rookies so far in camp. They look like straight ballers. Kyler Gordon is exactly the athlete we thought he would. And the more and more I see from him, I'm like, holy crap, he is a freak of nature. And we yep. talked about that. And we talked about his athleticism score in the breakdown video, which was like, I don't remember what the ranking was, but I want to say it was like top 20 of like all cornerbacks ever graded in NFL yep. draft history. Like something crazy. Um, you guys can fact check us on fact check us on our own video that we made about about Kyler Gordon's breakdown. But you mentioned something that stood out to me when you texted me, and I read this and I responded, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, really? You said the front six you think is going to be really good. And look, I we we know Robert Quinn is a potential fifteen plus you know sack candidate, right? But there's yeah. this general notion that he's going to take a step back. Like there's this general belief that he's just not going to be as dominant as he was last year. And I don't know why that is. Like I kind of feel that I way to me because he's older. But like there is this general belief that like there is a guy on your team that just broke the franchise record in sacks. And like there's not a lot of talk about him being as dominant as he was. And that's very confusing to me. I think it could have something to do with the 
speculation given his contract and his situation with the bears over the offseason. Like there was a question whether he'd even be a Chicago bear and Oh, now he's here. Now we can get back into those conversations. But outside of that, we've heard a lot of good things about Al-Kadane Muhammad. You said you texted me, you said, Justin Jones looks really good. But outside of those three guys, like, and maybe Travis Gibson, I'm a little nervous about the depth. And honestly, like I would go as far to say outside of the wide receiver unit, that's the unit that concerns me the most. And, maybe even more than the wide receiver unit, given how good we believe Darta Mooney is going to be. What you saw from the front six today and why you believe they're so good, hit me with it. Um, I just feel like there were some guys that just kind of stuck out. You know, I Mario Edwards, and this is like me. Mario Edwards, to, that's a big name, yeah, yeah. I think this is like me trying to overscout a little bit. Is like me watching them go through like bag drills, right? Now there's this, <laughs> so here, here, here's what's going through my mind as I'm watching practice. There's, there's this this rookie, this undrafted rookie from Northern Arizona. Can't remember his name, but God bless him. He's living the dream. He's going for an NFL roster spot. He's clearly just not one of the better guys in the group. So you see what it, it looks like. Um, you know, yeah, Dom Robinson. I saw I saw one rep of him in team today that uh, looked pretty good laterally. But I, he's he's just it's going to take time with him. It's just going to yep. take. And I'm we I'm still that. excited. Carson Taylor. Thank you, Skokes. It is Carson Taylor. Dude, this guy just knows. I swear, like this this guy is our fact checker. I am so chat. He's, he's, he's so always good. like there to pick us up. Appreciate it, man. So, so I'm watching like a guy like Mario Edwards go through the drill, and I'm and ju- and so it was Mario Edwards and Justin Jones. I'm like, damn, those guys look really good. They're going through that drill really well. They're you know they're bending really well in that last uh, uh, that last bag. They're flipping their hips really well. You know, they're cutting the corners at a really good angle. Um, so I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is good. Right. And then so we get to team <clears throat> and the offensive line just doesn't get much push. Right. And eventually you're watching that. As an, and is it like, well, is that just because Sam Mustafer is playing center or is it because the defense is good? You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> but I still think that that team, that that front is going to be a little bit better of a rotation than we think we're just, you know, you, you got to hope that Kyrus Tonga takes that next step. Um, you, you pray that Al-Kadim Muhammad is, is that reliable guy if he is across from Robert Quinn. And as far as Robert Quinn goes, <coughs> this is me trying to get in the mindset of him. I think Robert Quinn loves football. You know, I think oh, one yeah. of my favorite things I heard from an interview was Lamar Jackson the other day at camp. And they were like, who's your motivation? What's your motivation? You know, most people are like my mom, my family, you know, yeah, my, you know my dad, a, a car or whatever. Lamar Jackson goes, football. I love this game and I love playing it and it makes me want to be better. I think Robert Quinn is one of those type of dudes. He's going to play forever. The guy, you're Kevin, you're right. He, Khalil Mack was hurt all last season. You can't use the... Khalil Mack was across from Robert Quinn. Yes. So good excuse. You can't do that. Um, and Travis Gibson was good, but I mean, it's, it's not like we were going like, ah, dang, you know? Right. So there you go. Good Braxton Jones reps today. I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for Braxton Jones. Braxton Jones is damn light on his feet. I really like watching him play. Sometimes he just has to become a little bit more consistent. So <clears throat> I think that as far as holding up against the run goes, we're going to see, you're going to see the secondary makes more plays just because that's the way the NFL is going. That's why they drafted a guy like Jaquan Brisker and a guy like Kyle. Two secondary players, man. Because if you are going base nickel, 
um, then you need guys like that to make plays. So we might, um, I don't think they're going to struggle. I don't think they're going to be amazing, <clears throat> but especially if you factor Roquan coming back, right? That's it. So Nicholas Morrow, Roquan, Al-Kadeem Muhammad, um, Robert Quinn, uh, Mario Edwards, and uh, Justin Jones in the middle. And then uh, who else looked good today actually was Mike Pennell, who was firing the Bears crowd up. He was like fan favorite today just because he was speaking to the fans and stuff at Kent. So there's not a lot of star power on that line. We're not talking about like last year, LA Rams. You know, we don't, there's no Aaron Donald and Von Miller and either, you know, this year, LA Chargers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or this year's LA Chargers. Exactly. Right. So, um, but I still think that they're going to be solid. I I thought I saw some good stuff from them today. Matt Eberflus is a guy that's really coaching them to fly around. Matt Eberflus actually, from what I saw is really taking that true, head coaching hands-off experience or like style of coaching. Luke Getze is in complete control of the offense. Alan Williams was, was in a lot of, was a lot of who's in the ears of the defensive players. Okay. Even Flus is that guy who's walking around, making sure practice is going smooth, talking to those guys during camp, you know, seeing what, what did you see on that play? Where you're going? Da, da, da. Alan Williams is a guy on defense. Who's like, go punch that ball out, go attack, go finish the play. You know, which is which is really good because the whole coaching staff has to be brought in. And I think that might be one thing that Saban has has had over Belichick. I think that when you look at those two, we think of them as like two greatest coaches of all time, right? Saban college football, yeah. you know, chicken pro football. Now, Saban is always going to demand more from his assistant coaches, I think, because they're dealing with kids. And they're not dealing with guys who make millions of dollars every year. So it makes a little bit more sense. But Well, now they're making millions. Right. Now they're making millions. But you become that team that has these young football players. And this team right. is building around young football players like Roquan Smith and Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, right? You're Jalen Johnson. You're building around these guys who are young. You don't take a college approach, but you are really challenging your assistant coaches. We're trying to build something here. And you need to be in the ear of those guys. And I think that that's what Flus is doing a really good job of today. The special teams coach. Is that the guy who was yelling at <clears throat> Is that the guy who was yelling at Daz Newsom when Daz Newsom didn't spot the ball? There was a play. They're trying to go hurry up, right? So there's like a, it's like a two-minute drill. Daz Newsom makes a catch. And what they're coaching these guys to do in hurry up now is if we're trying to do this, you need to hand the ball to the ref or the center. You cannot spot yeah. the ball yourself because yep. that's what screwed the Cowboys over in, in the playoffs, uh, in playoffs, right? That's what screwed them over. So Daz just sets the ball down himself. And one of the coaches, which I assume is Coach Hightower, might not be, I'm not really sure. But one of the coaches is like really getting in Daz, like give the ball to the you know, an official, you know, like this was what we told you in, in meetings, right? So that's good to see that accountability and um, you know, hopefully Daz learns from that. I'd love to see Daz on the ride. I didn't even talk about him as far as the receivers go. I really, yeah, we left him out, but it, people say he's looked good. And, and Daz knew some friend of the show. We had him on last year and he was yeah. pretty like what stood out to me. You know, it wasn't the longest interview, you know, it was his first interview in the NFL. Like he wasn't as open as other guys have been with us, but he was like up for the challenge. Like he was like, I want to, I want to go up against Jalen Ramsey. Cause at the time they were playing uh, the, uh, the Rams week one last year. And he's like, we, we asked him, I was like, who's the guy you want to go up against? He's like, I want to go up against Jalen Ramsey. Like he wants to be the best. Like 
I don't know what happened last year and we don't, but the thing that's encouraging for this camp and I think for this coaching staff specifically, one of the most important things that I've heard from Matt Eberflus throughout this process and throughout, you know, mini camp training camp and the whole off season, you know, goings is he's going to play the younger players and all those guys are going to play the first preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, mm-hmm. maybe they don't want to have Matt Nagy win the revenge game, you know, and so they're like, you know what, we're going to play the starters. We don't want Matt Nagy to, to win the revenge game <laughs> in the Paris Chiefs first game. But no, I think it's important. Like there's always, there's always going to be, you know, they're going to make a whole lot out of that about, you know, should they be playing? Should they not? It's a problem if they're not playing. Is it a problem if they are playing? Cause there's, you know, they, they could get injured and all things like that. But yeah. the bottom line is like, you're not going to see a guy like Riley Ridley or a guy like Des Newsom just not see the field. Like, oh my God, where are they? They're on the roster and week after week, they're healthy, but they're inactive. They're healthy scratches. What's going on? Like, no, these guys are going to play. And, you know, given the situation that the Bears are in, like they have the flexibility to do that. Like Matt, or I almost said it, I almost said it. Matt Eberflus <laughs> is going to say, look, I don't like, even if they are, like even if they jump out of the gates, you know, four and two or three and three, like, it's they're going to give the young guys an opportunity. And that's how you find those diamonds in the rough. That's how you find the superstars. Like Thomas Graham Jr. is the the name yeah. that we always bring up on this podcast. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, that guy wasn't like that guy might have been cut at this point if he wasn't lucky enough that the rest of the guys in front of him last year around the time of that Vikings game were injured. He wouldn't yeah. have seen the field, but they yeah. literally had no one else. Like he so to have he played a damn good game, man. So to have that mindset of look. These guys are going to play. Like, I don't care if you're 14 years old. I don't care if you're <laughs> the youngest guy in the team. Yeah. And like, he understands the young football team. They're going to play. And to, to go with that too, like, I want to ask you if what you saw today were like signs of a young football team, because there's going to be people like all of, when it comes to training camp and there's all the speculation, you're, you know, basically making your judgments off of Twitter. Like you have to take these things in perspective. Like there's going to be people who are like, well, what the heck? Why don't, why don't they look like the bills? Why don't they look like a really good team? Like, you know, why don't they look like this? Why don't they look like that? Like, does it mean they're not good players? Like, no, it doesn't mean that they're not a good team. Like they might not be the best team, but it doesn't mean they're a bad team. It just means that the bills have been doing this for four years with the same quarterback or the Buccaneers or the Packers or the chiefs. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like they know what they're going to be. This is a young team with a lot of young players, a lot of new players and a new head coach. Like you cannot even compare the Chicago bears to a team like, you know, an upper echelon team in the NFL based off of what you're seeing from camp. Like it is a work in progress. So I want to ask you like from what you saw today, like were there things that you saw on the field that were characteristics of a very, very young football team? I would use I would use the term new instead of young. Everything is new to these guys. The offense is new. The defense is new. The coaches are new. They've got a lot of new teammates, right? You, you know, Justin Fields is playing with a lot of guys he didn't play with last year. Um, there's a lot of guys protecting him that he didn't play with last year. There's a there's some guys starting on defense, you know, who didn't play last year. Justin Jones, the rookies, Nicholas Morrow, Akadim Muhammad, you know, all these guys who were, you know, new. Um, that's what I would describe them as, uh, young, I think in some aspects you would describe that as, but not for the most part, I didn't look at the bears today and maybe this, I think I saw someone tweet that there was a lot of penalties in practice like yesterday or or a couple days before that there didn't look like a lot of undisciplined stuff. There was, you know, 
you know, guys stayed off of Justin. Guys were staying off the ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, no one was getting hurt. There was no fights. There, you know, no, there was no even like verbal, you know. Stuff well, that's important. Like that. Would you say that they look like a disciplined football team? Because I, I thought so for the most part. I, I thought, um, you know, guys were flying around. Guys were running the ball, and they were into the next rep immediately. And that probably just happens in the NFL because that's what you demand as a coach, right? Where there's no wasted time. There's no wasted movement. We're, we're going, we're going, we're going. But I thought that there was a lot of that today. Um, I thought that there was some real good discipline football out there. You know, I would have loved to see, you know what I would have loved to see is um, a little bit more fun. Uh, okay okay no 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 no. okay so here's here's what i'm gonna say to that okay and this (laughs) like i i agree with you to sense because like that's the way that we are like Mm -hmm. i think we both just like have fun playing our respective sports and like that's just that's that's how we operate not everyone operates that way but when it comes to a culture change i brought this up last week and it really just clicked with me i was like with matt Nagy, like that was a culture change and there's people who are like you know, that culture was really good. And it was like, it was a good culture, but there's not every culture is the same. Like not like there's no cookie cutter, good culture. There's no definition to what a good culture is. Like in that sense, it was, we're going to have fun. We're going to play music at practice. We're going to, you know, I'm Matt Nagy. I'm the coach. I'm going to throw, you know, myself a touchdown to Anthony Miller. So it goes viral on Twitter. Like that's fun for them. Like I think Matt Rufus is changing the culture in a different way. And I think a better way, like yeah, sure. th- this means business we're disciplined. Now it doesn't mean you can't have both. Like, yeah. I don't think this has to be Bill Belichick where no fun, you know, only discipline, you know, this is how we're going to do things. You know, like I think you can do both, but I would like, I'd ra- if I had to choose, if I'd rather could like sure. see them having fun, having a good time. But I also like, as you say that, and I think about it, I'm like, you know, Justin Fields is such a fun guy. And like, like the number one thing is here's when the fun comes when you start winning, winning, like winning, obviously things aren't fun when you're not winning, but <laughs> when you're winning, I don't care how disciplined or, you know, straight faced your head coach or your team is, you're going to have fun. So mm-hmm. the winning will bring, will bring out that, but I just want to talk, you know, That's what do you point. mean though? I, I'm, I'm curious what you mean. They want to have so, more fun. Though. So here's, here's where I think that me and you are both right. Is is um so they the, that touchdown and team that Justin had to Darnell Mooney in the red zone right, um, you know, and Justin throws a touchdown and Justin Fields is a guy who really is all business right like we even in college yes. we never saw the guy like be he was never Baker Mayfield you know doing this after touchdowns and stuff he was never that guy he really he really always played like that town to earth you know sort of football player. So I'm not going to ask him to like change his ways and I would never do that. And I think he was still fine. So he throws a touchdown, t- uh, walks back to the sideline, pump, like one pump to the chest, gives around high fives, goes straight to Andrew Janako and they're talking. So that's, that's good. Like I love that all business stuff. I would have had no problem also seeing him run to Darnell Mooney in the end zone and start dancing. I'd had no problem with that. So I think that that's where like, I say like, I would have liked to see more fun, but you're exactly right is, if it is all business, if Justin Fields goes in, he's like, I don't give a damn if I throw seven touchdowns today. I want to be better. And like he said, I think when they were in OTAs, he was like, we're not ready to play a game. Like if we had to play right now, we wouldn't be ready. And that's probably where that comes from is he's like, we're not there yet. So no time why, to celebrate, you know, no time to celebrate. I got to get back. I got to get my coaching because I got another drive to go down, you know, so. 
there's you, you're exactly right. You can have both. So maybe it's wrong for me to say like I wish I would have saw more fun. Um, that's not I wrong. That's just, I get it. Just, I think as that's a just, fan too. Like when you're yeah. at a camp, like you want exactly say it. what I love. What I loved it, but I think that's his demeanor. I think he he's just that guy that's all business and all the stuff we hear about Justin Fields, right? As Bears fans, is, is in the off season, like he's taking Darnell Mooney to Florida and they're going to work on routes. You know, the day after the season is over, and he called Cole Komet and they're going to run routes and. He picked, he handpicked Valus Jones, or you know, I'm texting my center, I'm I'm watching film. Yes. My my agent or my best friend Simeon is posting me to Instagram watching film, right? So I don't think he asked for any of that. I think he's like a pretty good, humble dude. I think all of that is genuine. Um, I just hope it doesn't become a um a thing where your leader is too bland because even a guy like oh, he's Tom not Brady, bland. no, I don't think so either. I, and you know, we both love Justin Fields. I just right. I don't want to, I don't think it'll be that. Just don't want that to happen. Um, where it, where your guy is all is no fun. I don't think it'll happen. That's like an unfair criticism of a guy like Justin Fields who's worked his ass off and is going to be, I'll put a lot of money on that. He's going to be a very good quarterback in this league. So I'm excited for him, man. I kind of just kind of had a little criticism there, but it doesn't, it's not really valid to be honest, because you're right. It's all business and that's fine because they're a new team and they want to win games because they didn't win a lot last year. Yeah. When he's racing the Super Bowl trophy in three years, then he can celebrate. That's yeah. that's how it's going to go. And, yeah. and there's going to be people who say, well, like, oh, that shit doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter that he was working out with Darnold. It doesn't matter that he was texting Lucas Patrick. <laughs> I want to bring this up because I know that you are on Twitter. You're the Kyler Murray fan. You're yeah. the, because you guys are both the five nine freakishly athletic quarterbacks, or not five nine. How tall are you? I'm about five nine, five nine and a half. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You're both, you know, you're, you're both the little guys putting on big shows. We get it. Um, but you know, <clears throat> there's been a lot of obviously with the contract. There's been a lot of speculation about if this yeah. guy's really working hard. You know, if he's yeah. really putting in the time. And there was a report today. I don't even know if this is true. So. I think it was like Barstool Game Time posted. Okay, so double not, this is, Yeah, the double X. What the <laughs> hell, man? If those who haven't heard it, Kyler Murray is like passer rating his yards per game, his touchdowns per game. Like it all went down on weekends when there was a Call of Duty double XP event going on. And it's just like, man, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> are you serious? And it's just like, well, people say these things don't matter. And then it's like, oh my God, in two years, we're putting in contract clauses. So the guy actually does his homework and gets off fucking Call yeah. of Duty. So it's yeah. just funny. But I want to, before I head out of here, your thoughts on Kyler Murray playing too much Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's not a good look for me to to <laughs> to be this. Because for, for club football, I'm always the guy no one's going to watch more film than me. No one's going to be more prepared. And I'm always like, and then, so like when it comes to Twitter, it's like, I'm play like number one on Arizona. Right. <laughs> so, so then the stuff comes out and it's like mandatory four hours. I'll knock out four hours in a day of film. And then, so then it's like, <laughs> so then you have to be like, <laughs> wait a second, actually. Yeah. Justin Fields is my favorite quarterback. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, Lamar is Lamar. Yeah, well, no, Lamar has been my guy. Like, I don't even know, man. Like, I didn't really like Kyler that much. Like, yeah, honestly, I just like the on-field stuff. Yeah, that, like, you I know, I just like the on-field stuff. But no, that, funny, that, that that is pretty funny. I'm <sighs> Steve Kime is uh, 
is a general manager of the Cardinals, and uh, I don't think he's the best man at his job in the world. Um, he's not awful. He could be worse. But um, that's a lot of money to a guy, guy who hasn't that, won a playoff game. Yeah, and a guy who you think isn't dedicated to his craft because that's 50% of being a football player, you know, is being prepared. So I don't know. I, I hope Kyler works out. I love Kyler Murray. I love the way he plays because he does remind me of myself. I, 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 when I send people like filming me, I'd be like, you look like a badass kid running just like Kyler. So like, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff is funny. So I do, I do hope that him, him and Russell Wilson, who was another short quarterback, um, they have this thing where they just play like the first nine weeks of the season of the MVP. And then the last half of the season, it's like, dude, what the hell happened to you? So I both hope they can get out of Black that. Ops 3 came out, bro. I, I, like the answer is there, bro. Um, Modern Warfare 2 came out <laughs> in November. I did watch a Kyler Murray uh, my Fortnite stream for like 40 minutes um, in 2020. Uh, that's all I'll say. That's, is he at least? Is he? At least I was like, it was kind of like, like he better be pretty crap. He was pretty good. I think. I think he was. Pre- I think he won. Um, I think he got victory royale that game. But uh, good. <laughs> that's right. I got, I got imagine, imagine being the guy that is like loading into like Warzone or something, and you're just like random queuing, and you get like Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown as your teammates. And he's talking like, yeah, shit. We're gonna land. We're gonna land here at uh, a yeah. uh, port or whatever. And you're like, dude, don't you have a game tomorrow? Should <laughs> yeah. be breaking down the, yeah. the the Seahawks defense, not yeah. figuring out where to land at Call of Duty. And honestly, a lot of the, you know, I love players getting their bag and doing Twitch streaming and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. man, a lot of the players who have started to do that, their careers have not been faring well for them. Like Juju yeah. Smith Schuster. Yeah. Tariq Cohen, and that's out of his control because he's getting injured. But like, and like, look, I, I want the players to have fun, man. Play your video games, but just make sure you're doing the fucking work too. Yeah, then exactly. play. Like, come on, we all we did this all throughout school, man. You do yeah. your homework, you finish your homework, and then you hop on Fortnite before bed. Yeah. Then you hop on Madden. So. Hopefully it's not an issue for Justin Fields or anyone else. But I uh, think it will be too funny to share. Kelly, my man, uh, thanks for going today. I'm sorry I flaked on you. I was okay. feeling like ass. Um, but we'll be out there. I uh, I got some people who are going to get us some tickets in August. So okay. I think uh, before you head out of here and go back to dominating the NCFA and Ohio State, uh, we'll get out there and we'll have some more content for you guys here at Bears Issue Podcast with Training Camp. Appreciate you guys tuning in today. Uh, a lot of you guys coming in late here, uh, getting your Bears fix in on a Wednesday night. Be sure to use promo code BNP for BetUS and make yourself a little bit of money in the betting game and make us a little bit of money by using our promo code. But come on, man, we'll be here soon. We'll look for a breakdown soon as well. Uh, as always, a pleasure to have you on, my guy. Well, thank you, man. I'll see you soon. See ya. Welcome.